0: Everyone, welcome back to Holistic Health Masterclass podcast, and we are back with another awesome episode. Um, I'm delighted to announce that uh, this week we have Jeffrey Smith on the podcast. Um, For those of you who have been in and around the sort of GMO activist movement, uh, you'll be very, very familiar with Jeffrey's work. Um, He's written a number of books. Um, He's the founder of the Institute for Responsible Technology, which is really a go-to resource for um, anything to do with GMOs. And he's really, um, in my mind, has done pioneering work in the field of GMO research. Uh, You know, when I first got into this field, um, he was one of the first people that I sort of got turned on to. Uh, So anyway, what we're discussing today is really um, sort of glossing over um, his new film, which is called Secret Ingredients. And I got to say, one of the better films that I've watched in a long time and I don't want to give away all of the juicy details but uh, check out the show notes below this episode where you can actually watch that film for free and that is starting today May 15th so at time of recording. Um, this episode we really get into a lot of different areas and you know longtime listeners of the show you will have heard uh, podcasts with Henry Rollins, with Kerry Gillum, um, you know with Stephanie Seneff so, so you'll be quite familiar with the topic. Um, however we do Get into some other areas that you might not have heard about before. Uh, We touch on um, some of the latest research, uh, some of the latest findings. Um, We talk about the corruption with Monsanto, but we also talk about things like microbiome, and we get into a little bit of the sciencey stuff. So, what I'm going to encourage you to do is um, obviously watch, sorry, listen to this episode. click the link below and watch the film. And this is a really, really good film to watch with family members. This is also a really good film to share with people who think that organic eating or organic food is a cash grab or it's a waste of money or, you know, that line of thinking. Like, definitely share this with those people because what you're going to see in the film is you're going to see people that, have multiple diagnoses of chronic degenerative illnesses at a very young age and you're going to see in that film exactly how they fully reversed some of these, um, actually all of them, uh, reversed many, many, many of these chronic degenerative diseases simply by switching diet. Okay, so it's a really, really good film um, looking at GMOs, looking at glyphosate, looking at some of these things. But it's very, very much a personal film. Uh, So I definitely got emotional through that film, you know, living in farm country, um, having children. And uh, I I think if you watch that, um, I'm pretty confident that you are going to want to go and eat 100% organic after watching that film. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, Also in the show notes, before I do let you go and listen to this episode, Um, I am speaking at the March Against Monsanto rally, a slash March Against Bayer rally. That will be May 25th in downtown Toronto. Um, Check out the link to the Facebook events page and hopefully I will see you there as well. Um, The pressure is on with Monsanto. They just lost a $2 billion lawsuit this week at time of recording. So, we got to keep turning the screws and we got to get the stuff banned, right? So, share this episode, share this podcast, and share the movie um, as always, right? So, I'm going to leave it at that. And um, please welcome Jeffrey Smith. All right. So, Jeffrey Smith, welcome to Holistic Health Masterclass Podcast. Um, It is an honor to actually have you on the show. I've been following your work for uh, since I really got into. Um, GMO activism and all of that. And you are the founder of the Institute for Responsible Technology. You're an author. And I would say uh, probably one of the world's um, most well-respected GMO activists. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. Um, So I got a good chance to watch. I mean, the focal point uh, today is obviously we're going to be talking about Secret Ingredients, which is um, your new film that you've come out with. I had a chance to watch that on the preview. And I got to say, there were definitely moments where um, I, I was a little teary, teary-eyed, you know, especially as a guy with, um, you know, I've got a couple of kids, um, I live out in farmland, and of course I've been moving in these circles for so long. So what, um, you know, what, what prompted you, before we actually get into it all, what prompted you to make the movie?
1: And I want to say that today is a special day because we're offering the film for the first time for free to the world online. And I understand you have a link at your show notes, so it's not, I mean, today today, and this week is the time to watch it mm-hmm. when you can when you watch it free. Um, you know, I I got involved uh, 23 years ago uh, when I went to see a lecture by a genetic engineer, and uh, that's how I got started. And the arc between then and now, and, and the film, by the way, I did with Amy Hart. I want to give her kudos for, she's mm-hmm. a, a an award-winning filmmaker, and as some incredible storytelling, um, uh, superpowers. So I think the reason why you're tearing is not only we had amazing people in the film, but I mean, the story of watching people's lives transform when they switch their diet, but I don't want to get into I don't want to be a yeah, yeah. plot. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, back then I learned about the potential dangers in that one lecture, just sort of general. Yeah. The, the technology is not ready for prime time and it can, create all sorts of side effects and it can affect everyone who eats because it was about to be released into the food supply and it can affect all future generations because it can contaminate the gene pool and now we're seeing all of those threats actually in place we now see a tremendous number of people whose health has been compromised very in some cases extremely seriously and some cases died as a result, in our opinion, of both the combination of GMOs and the toxic roundup that's sprayed on GMOs and the Bt toxin. I mean, the the, the numbers are staggering when you put it all together and realize just how dangerous this these substances are.
0: Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, th- I think a couple of points on that because there is still h- huge debate going on out there as to whether these are safe or not safe, and so on. I mean, it's still, it's one of the debates that just keeps raging on. And it's much to my um, dismay and actually shock because I can't believe that with all of the amount of data that we have, uh, that people still believe that the stuff is safe, um, that glyphosate is safe, that there's no problem. But the couple of things that I, I think um, I want to just throw out there for people who are maybe not as well-versed, uh, something that I picked up in the documentary is, and I think is still thrown around out there, is this whole idea that we've been genetically modifying foods for centuries, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, hybridization, selective breeding, and all of that. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that because, as far as I'm concerned, that's not the case. I mean, they're very different from one another. Um, and, and second question to that: Do you feel like the genetic modification components is posing health problems because we'll talk about glyphosate and chemicals because I think that's Captain obvious but the the actual genetic modification do you feel that that's posing problems for people
1: well first of all the reason why there's still a controversy is because it is the same reason why people think that it's uh they confuse it with natural breeding and that's because it was been a disinformation campaign the biotech industry has spent hundreds of millions of dollars trying to convince us that gmos are safe that they'll feed the world that they're an extension of natural breeding that the regulations are adequate in fact overly uh demanding all of this all of these are demonstrably false and we can prove it and verify it but they have billions of dollars and we have a dollar 95 so we have (laughs) to we have to you know use podcasts like yours to get it out to people and tell them the truth because they'll be pounded with commercials and pounded with with a lot of people that believe the biotech industry. So there's the liars and the lied too. So you'll hear mm-hmm. people echoing these points. So, you know, if you ask the actual experts, I remember on stage asking someone who created the first genetically engineered commercialized product, the flavor saver tomato. I said, Belinda, is genetic engineering an extension of natural breeding? She rolled her eyes and said, no, Jeffrey, of course not. If you look at the scientists' At the FDA and their comments that were made public because of a lawsuit, they said in contradiction to the official policy drafts that they were reviewing, which said that there's the agency uh, experts know of no significant difference between GMOs and non-GMOs, they said that's not true. They mm-hmm. said trying to make that statement is like trying to force a square peg in a round, pole, round hole, that there are significant differences that could lead to allergens, toxins, new diseases, and nutritional problems, and urged their superiors to acquire long-term safety studies, and they were ignored because the superior was Michael Taylor, Monsanto's former attorney, later Monsanto's vice president, later still back at the U.S. FDA as the food czar. So it's it's absolutely a corrupt system. Now... The process of genetic engineering absolutely is highly risky. You put in a gene, you put a gene gun or a bacterial infection, or you use gene editing, and there's massive collateral damage. Even in the CRISPR-Cas supposedly safe gene editing, which was just deregulated by Australia, it's meaning that you can edit something and put it on the market without even telling the government, at the same time, on the same week, there are people convening in other parts of the world saying, "What are we going to do about all these unpredicted side effects?" And new papers coming out with yet again new levels of side effects. I think the answer to your question about is it GMO or is it the is it uh, the Roundup? I think that Dr. Uh, Gilles-Eric Seralini's research in France makes it clear that he fed rats genetically engineered roundup ready corn that had been sprayed with roundup and they had multiple massive tumors early death and organ damage he fed he fed just the roundup ready corn without the roundup and they had multiple massive tumors early death and organ damage you go aha it's the corn but he fed another group the roundup without the corn and they also had multiple massive tumors early mm-hmm. death and organ damage in fact the amount of glyphosate that they fed in one of the experimental groups was so small that on a per body weight basis per day they consumed uh one over four hundred and thirty seven thousand five hundredth amount of what the epa allows in our water and yet it gu- it caused non-alcoholic fatty liver disease a serious condition in the rats so wow. and, and there's another study by dr arpad pustai one of the early ones where he concluded it was clear in the research that it was the process of genetic engineering, not the particular gene that was inserted that caused potentially precancerous cell growth in the digestive tract, smaller brains, livers, and testicles, and partial atrophy of the liver in rats in just 10 days.
0: Wow, ten days. Okay, wow. 10 days. So that's yeah, um, and that'll sort of tie in a little bit when we talk about the families that we uh, that, that you feature oh. in, in, in the movies. I mean, because everything happened like that. So just uh, just sort of sticking with that point. Um, you know, obviously when you're when you're doing genetic editing, what we're doing is we're actually changing or altering those long protein strands, the amino acid chains. Um, so you know, I've always believed that when your body sees that, it doesn't recognize it. As a natural sequence of amino acids, as we would find in foods, and therefore mounts some type of allergenic response, um, which of course then the whole cascade effect of inflammation, immune system issues down the road. And uh, and I remember reading in one of your earlier books that uh, I think it was when they introduced soy uh, in, into the, into the UK. Within four years, soy allergies just shot up by like fifty percent. Soy
1: allergies that, that was
0: pre Roundup, I think. That was just the GMO soy.
1: Well, actually, it was Roundup was sprayed on that soy, for sure. And also, in the United States, within the first five years of GM soy being introduced, peanut allergies doubled. Now, Mm. there's a cross-reactivity between legumes and peanuts, and there may be an increase in that. Also, you've talked about the change in the protein, but there's other changes, and this isn't appropriate for this peanut allergy. There are other changes that occur that are not predicted that happen because of mutations and the other secondary changes, et cetera, et cetera. So for example, soy has a, a trypsin inhibitor naturally, which inhibits the, di- the ability for trypsin, which breaks down protein. So if you don't break down protein fast enough, that means you're turning all these other proteins into more likely to be allergens. Right. And so the fact that the trypsin inhibitor was, in, was, was uh, increased May mean that things like peanuts can be mm. more allergenic. Now, in addition, in Monsanto's corn, the BT corn has, a, there was a gene that was switched on accidentally that now it, it creates uh, gamazine, which is a known allergen. Another corn, the Roundup Ready corn, that creates higher levels of putrescine and cadaverine. Respons- oh,
0: wow. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's, it's responsible for the foul odor of rotting dead bodies. It's it's linked to bad breath, allergies, and cancer. So not a smart thing to increase in the food supply. And yet these are the kind of uh, acceptable collateral damage that is going on and usually not even tested for before the products go on the market. Mm.
0: Yeah, pretty shocking stuff uh, when you really start picking it all apart. And uh, to my understanding now as well, I mean, let's just shift our focus onto glyphosate for a minute uh, before we get into the actual film. Um, you know, I've had uh, a number of people, uh, Henry Rowland from Detox Project, Kerry uh, Gillum was on um, just a couple weeks ago. So uh, I, I think our audience knows full well um, the implications of glyphosate. But a couple of things I wanted to sort of pull out from the documentary that I think listeners um, should definitely know. Um, the impact of glyphosate on the microbiome, I think, was was probably the area that is, because I've posted some stuff on blogs and I've spoken about it a little bit. But it was interesting to me to learn about things like shikimate pathways and you know how we're told that that plants are, uh, you know, it works in plants, but it doesn't it doesn't affect anything else. And now we're starting to see that this is actually not the case. So perhaps you can sort of elaborate a little bit more on the impact of glyphosate on the microbiome.
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that. I'm, for people who watched the film this week, um, we are offering a 90-day step-by-step program to convert to organic easily, inexpensively, with time-saving tips and money-saving tips, and deeper dives into information. And one week of the 13 weeks is dedicated to the microbiome. And I just finished the interview with Kieran Krishnan, who is an expert at the microbiome, and he pointed out in our interview, which was fascinating, he said, of all of the antibiotics that he has uh, looked at, glyphosate is the only one that selectively kills the beneficial bacteria, but not the pathogens. Wow. It's not like carpet bombing and killing all of the things when then you can rebuild. It actually completely changes the balance between the pathogens, and he actually did research. And I go into this in this interview with him, which is fascinating, where they have this equipment in, in Belgium where it's a it's a fake human gut from the top to the bottom and you, you see that yeah you can populate it with with uh, microbiome he took a bi- microbiome from this pristine uh, three-year-old and put it in the thing put uh, uh, had it settle for a while put glyphosate in food you can feed this thing and he watched the changes and the changes were remarkably quick and devastating the pH changed the um, the, pop, the 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 diversity was reduced, the, the uh, pathogens increased, the short-chain fatty acids reduced. And so then what I did was this. Uh, I We have about 30 or more different diseases that are rising in parallel with the increased use of Roundup being sprayed on GMO, soy, and corn. We also... Um, surveyed 3,256 people who reported getting better from 28 different conditions when they switched to non-GMO and largely organic food. So we put the 30 conditions that we had epidemiological evidence, the 28 conditions, there was overlap. So we had about 42 different conditions. And what I did in the second half of the interview, after he described the research on Roundup and his particular spores that he added to the system, which helped reverse the problems, I, I then said, Okay, let's go into each one of these diseases and disorders. And you tell me if the changes that we saw in that artificial gut caused by Roundup could be precursors or causative factors in these 42. And it was it was like him defending a PhD. He was like bringing in all this information. He said afterwards on camera, he said, this was like a geek's dream because yeah. he had never been... Challenged so much to pull it together, and he was pulling together all sorts of science. But every single thing from autism, diabetes, high blood pressure, brain fog, fatigue, weight problems, digestion, skin problems I mean, the the list goes on basically almost everything every chronic condition, and many every single chronic condition that we saw in the film get better in more than a dozen people and families because. We saw, if we just looked at the microbiome alone, and of course, as I said to him, and I'll say to you, it's not just the microbiome. Exactly,
0: yeah.
1: But you mentioned the shikimate pathway. Now, there is an interesting um, history here. Uh, Shikimate pathway is what Monsanto bragged about as the reason why Roundup was safe, because they claimed that the only thing it did was block the shikimate pathway. That's not true. But the shikimate pathway, they claimed... Is, irre- is irrelevant for humans because it's not found in our system. It's found in plants and bacteria. That's also not true because it's the bacteria in our gut mm-hmm. use the shikimate pathway to produce the precursors to serotonin, melatonin, and dopamine. So if those become deficient, then that could explain a number of the problems like anxiety, depression, obesity, pain, uh-huh. uh, Parkinson's, et- et- yeah. suicides, things like that because those neurotransmitters are important for cognitive functioning, emotions, and other things.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll just add to that as well. I mean, these same bacteria produce short-chain fatty acids, which are needed to maintain Mm -hmm. that sort of gut barrier, which is our sort of first line of defense. Um, That's our absorptive surface as well. So now we get nutrient deficiencies. Um, They make B vitamins. And recently I've sort of been dialing into this a little bit more. Uh, The production of vitamin K2, which is interesting, So these good bacteria produce K2, which facilitates Mm -hmm. vitamin D absorption. So you've got an epidemic of people with vitamin D deficiency, and now we're starting to sort of shift our tack and go, well, look, these people are supplementing with lots of D, but could it actually be the fact that their gut bacteria is destroyed and they're not making enough K2, and that's why they're actually deficient in the first place? there is and a there's a correlation there's a yeah, correlation. And, and we we know i mean we know for sure that there's you know obviously multiple factors that tie in but the impact that vitamin d alone has on you know 2000 different genes and autoimmune disease and all sorts of stuff so i think really what we're getting at here is there's the sort of residual upfront damage that's happening but the collateral damage you know from neurotransmitters nutrient deficiencies heavy metals leaky gut it's just, you know, it's all over the place. Uh, and as you said, you know, it's not the only thing, but uh, let's talk about the documentary or, or, or the film, you know, and, and sort of w- what happened with these people. I mean, what was it, 12 families, I think you said? Well, not
1: 12 families, more than a dozen people, but um, there's one family of five, the Dikyars, Kathleen and her family, had 21 chronic conditions between the five members of the family. She was paralyzed with chronic pain and all sorts of issues. She was... And they were disabled. young,
0: right? Like under 40. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she was a triathlete and her husband was a bodybuilder and they were exercising and they were, quote, eating right. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the older son had uh, autism. The middle son had um, uh, respiratory issues and digestive problems and mood swings. And the younger son had eczema all over his body. So this was one of the families. And this was the main family because we tracked them more closely. And What was interesting about her is that she became a detective and started to study food and experiment on the family. She removed gluten, noticed some improvement. She removed preservatives and dyes and commercial dairy and soy. and She started watching the changes and she said things got better, but they were still managing the diseases until she discovered GMOs and Roundup, switched to organic, and then after years of suffering, there was a complete reversal. And they no longer have those 21 chronic conditions. The sun is no longer on the spectrum. And that's just one of more than another. There's another family as well with an autistic boy. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to give away all the details, but it's...
0: I mean, I think the thing, you know, a couple, couple of things that I sort of really gleaned from that was, I think that there's a lot of people that are sort of suffering in silence where 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 they, they just think like, oh, this is just me, you know, and, and I think what I really got from that was, and I hear this all the time, but probably more and more so, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years now. And I've just watched things skyrocket, you know, autoimmune disease, all sorts of stuff, just just ramp right up. And I think that a lot of people still believe that it's just them. But when you start right. connecting with other people around you, all of a sudden you go, wow, like, oh, it's not just my family, it's, it's your family as well. And so, you know, hearing people share those stories uh, was very powerful for me and also quite alarming at the same time because, you know, you then have to wonder, why is this happening? What, is, yeah. is this an epidemic, you know?
1: And, you know, you mentioned 15 years. Well, GMOs have been on the market for 23 years. And so people who came who start their practice more recently, this is their new normal. You know, I, I've talked to doctors who've been, and veterinarians, both, who've been in practice starting for a decade before GMOs were introduced, and they were able to watch the change. Yeah. So now, with the new normal in one of, the, one of the people in the film, she talks about she's had three miscarriages and, and when we interview her, and she goes, well, this is normal. It's not normal.
0: Not normal now.
1: And the thing is, it was, it may be normal now for people in a certain diet. And she and many, many others in the film, as you'll see, who were infertile now have children. And people who had cancer and people had skin conditions and depression and allergies Mm -hmm. and mood swings and whatnot. And what's what's interesting is that, as, as Kathleen says in the film, It's interesting how one thing, or really in this case, it's GMOs, Roundup, BT, it's one package, can cause so many different types of problems expressed differently in different people. And this was uh, interesting with the the exercise I went through with Kieran yesterday in the interview, how one set of damaging things in the microbiome could express itself in 42 different diseases. One of those problems was leaky gut. Leaky gut has a long list of problems associated oh, with it, yeah. including inflammation. Inflammation is the basis of most his il- illnesses. And we've seen pictures of cells separating in the presence of glyphosate. And then, you know, oh, it's a, it's like the tight junctions become loose and can take days to come back together. And so what that means is that the body the entire membranes of the body, not just in the gut, but the brain, the kidneys, it all becomes open and a sponge, and all of a sudden the toxins can flow in ways that they aren't used to or not supposed to. And depending on the weakness of the individual, that's the symptom that they end up presenting with. Right, so right. so it's—it if you look at the 30 diseases, and we, we, we show some of them on the slides in, in the film, It's devastating to see how it rises in parallel, just, I mean, perfectly in parallel, in some cases, almost perfectly. And, you know, if it was just correlation, it doesn't tell you anything, because correlation doesn't mean anything by itself. But when you understand that there are plausible causative pathways and when people get rid of gmos and roundup they heal from very mu- the same things and that when pets and livestock also switch over to non-gmo mm-hmm. or organic they too get better from the same problems and that the lab animals when they're force fed gmos or roundup suffer from they- those conditions or similar ones or their precursors then you re- and then you realize the average american eats more than their weight in gmos each year and it how significant it is for th- how it damages the fundamental aspects of the health, the mitochondria, the leaky gut, the microbiome, mm-hmm. the ability to absorb minerals, the hormone system, the, the neurotransmitters, the very fundamentals, not to mention that it's a class 2a carcinogen, then you realize how that this is like a, an emergency. It is like a, an mm-hmm. urgency that people should, you know, I'm not gonna say drop everything, but drop the, the chemical food, switch to organic immediately.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, pretty, pretty spot on. And uh, again, a lot of our listeners um, watching this uh, either online or listening to this um, have already made the switch and have already seen those types of benefits. I wanted to just circle back to a couple of other areas here and we haven't really touched well, on all-
1: Actually, I want to, I want to comment on that because it's interesting that we showed the film to the foodies, to the organic foodies. I mean, the, the daughter of the person that, that, that owns the local organic food store that grew up in it, the person who is the salesman, uh, for the company that delivers organic food around the country, and whenever we show it to someone who's already initiated, we get the, some of the most incredible testimonials from them. Mm-hmm. Like, like I never had any idea I'm going to be more vigilant 100% if I can. There was a mother that showed it to her two uh, teenagers. You know, people oh teenagers. You know, the teenagers got angry at her for having allowed her allowed them to bring in or non-organic food wow. into the house. So they all grabbed garbage bags and emptied the cupboards. So one thing that, you know, because you know a lot, a lot of foodies are watching and whatnot, mm-hmm. we, we kind of, as foodies, want our families and friends to eat healthy. And sometimes we've hit the wall, you know, like mm-hmm. they don't want to hear it anymore. They roll their eyes, they run yeah. away. Yeah. So this this is the film to show them. And this is what I've heard over and over again. I couldn't get my kids, I couldn't get my parents, I couldn't get my spouse to switch until I showed them the film Secret Ingredients and then they they changed. So because it's free now, I'm just going to say, it's free this week. Don't just watch it alone. Yeah. Make an evening of it with the people who you want to influence.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and that's a really good point. Um, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because I do feel like people can get a little lax here and there. Um, for sure. Uh, you know, life gets busy, um, ch- children, families, all that sort of stuff. It's easy to just sort of slip slip off a little bit. Um, I wanted to circle back to a couple of things, though. Um, we kind of touched on it very, very briefly. But another thing that really stood out in the documentary was autism. And I know that autism is a real hot button topic these days. Um, I'll sort of preface um, our discussion here. By saying that, you know, I know that there's multiple factors that are involved with autism. So we definitely don't want to say that there's one thing. Um, but, but nonetheless, um, I think that more and more people have been dialing into the links between glyphosate and autism. And so perhaps you could sort of share your insights um, on, on those points.
1: Well, in this film, there's two autistic boys that showed dramatic improvements. In my last film, there were three families that talked about their autistic kids. I've interviewed many parents of autistic kids who've described the same. I had one person come up to me, he was 63, he came up to me in a lecture and he said, you know, I'm only here because of you. I have autism and before I changed my diet, I could never be in public like this. Um, We, in the film, Michelle Perro, who has been uh, named one of the top pediatricians in America for many, many years, describes how sometimes just changing the diet for an autistic Mm -hmm. child can have tremendous impacts. And it's interesting that she'll put the whole family on an organic diet, and she's only treating the autistic boy, for example, right. and the, 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 the father's um, kidney failure gets better, the mother's um, uh, weight changes, the sister's ADHD gets better. So the whole family starts to improve, and all they did was change to organic and had no supplements, no medicines, no other therapies. Um, so as far as autism goes, um, I could tell you a story that's quite interesting, uh, that Stephanie Seneff from MIT um, is an expert at big data analysis. And she's got a a PhD in computer uh, science, and she's got another degree from MIT in biology. And she was trying to figure out autism and what the uh, environmental insult was that was causing it. So first she sucked out all the data from the internet, all the different research studies, and looked at it and said, oh yeah, I can tell, she said, why all the symptoms are there based on the changes in the physiology. But I can't figure out what's changing the physiology. So she pulled down all the data from all the chemicals that she was aware of and looked to see and it nothing fit, nothing fit. And then she went to a lecture by another friend of mine, Don Huber, who is a professor emeritus from Purdue University, who is an expert at glyphosate, even did research and work with Monsanto. And he was describing glyphosate, the the chief poison in Roundup. And she said she sat at the edge of her seat for two hours and said, this is it. And Mm. and she's the one that helped create the the correlation um, charts of all the charts of the 30 diseases, the one that has the tightest correlation where a a one would be perfect, this is 0.997, is A glyphosate is is glyphosate over the current and previous three years, so a total of four years, and six year old diagnosis of autism. So it gives a a four year exposure, and it was very, very tight. Now, if you look at the qualities of autism, you could look at the digestive, it was very, Mm -hmm. very common, uh, let's say, cofactor of autistic diagnoses. The number one, the number one by far. Uh, most reported improvement when people switch to a non-GMO and organic diet, in our research, is digestive problems. Of the 3,256 people who we surveyed, 85.2% uh, reported improvements wow. in digestion, and not just minor improvements. Yeah, yeah, 80% of those people, it was either one of the top three, significant, almost gone, or completely recovered. Wow. And when I gave um, informal uh, surveys from the stage of audiences and asked them, um, how many people noticed improvement in this or this? Digestion was always number one, so the the digestion is an issue is is a an issue within the autism spectrum. The microbiome is very unusual there also, It has some characteristics that might that are also that Kieran pointed out just in yesterday's yeah. interview linked to autism, um, leaky gut, etc. There's a, and it's interesting that I did a I did a um, a program, an online conference called Healing from GMOs and Roundup. And I had all these different, you know, Mercola and Josh Axe and, and Zach Bush and Kieran. And I was interviewing Dietrich Klinghart. And he said that well, he was testing the urine for glyphosate. And he found that his sickest patients, including the autistic kids, had no glyphosate in their urine until he started the detox. And then it started to come what? out. So they were not detoxifying or eliminating the glyphosate from their bodies. And once it started to come out, it was correlated with getting better. So that was interesting. So I have no definitive evidence whatsoever to say this causes this. But I can Mm -hmm. tell you that I have heard more testimonials in general, and I have Mm -hmm. a lot of points to say it's certainly worth putting a child on an organic diet. 100%. In fact, I interviewed one mother who said, well, we got rid of, she said, she was bragging to her friends that her autistic son was 80% better. I said, how did you do it? She says, well, we got rid of casein. Oh, she said, is it a gluten-free and a, and, a, and a dairy-free diet? And he's, we're going about 80% organic. And then she speaks to the next person. He's 80% better. We got rid of dairy. We got rid of, of mm-hmm. c- uh, gluten. And he's about 80% organic. And at a certain point, she realized 80 cent, 80% better, 80% organic. And it hit her. Oh my God, she switched to 100% organic. She said within six months they closed the gap. And he was nearly 100% better. Now, that's one anecdotal piece, but you multiply that over and over again. And as David Perlmutter, the uh, New York Times best-selling um, brain specialist who wrote Brain Maker and Grain Brain, he's in the film and he talks about the plural of anecdote being data. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, he as a as a practicing physician, he lives for those type of changes and, and puts and understands them as valuable as valuable in evaluating the impacts
0: yeah well and it 's unfortunate that a lot of people out there just scoff off anecdotal evidence as well you know it 's not double blind placebo, so therefore it means absolutely nothing. And um, I think when you, you know, you're correct, like when, once you start amassing that amount of anecdotal evidence, it, it it's pretty compelling. You, you know, I know. In
1: fact, in my, in my, I did a, I did a peer reviewed article on the, the survey of the, of the more than 3000 people. And I completely discounted the survey as sufficient on its own, hmm. but we, We looked at all of the ways that GMOs roundup and BT toxin could cause problems. And then in the the one the part three, we looked at just digestive as a deep dive. So because digestive was the number one, we looked at every single research study that we could find, all the different anecdotal evidences that were of, of substance, and put it together and painted an absolutely devastating picture that could convince virtually anyone that to avoid, you know, GMOs and Roundup in order to protect digestive health, that might explain why 85% of the people we surveyed reported improvements. And in the film, we have you'll see people who get better from digestion, and yeah. also brain, the number two uh, reported benefit was increased energy, and the number four was brain fog in the survey. Mm-hmm. And I usually combine them in lectures, I'll say increased energy, reduced brain fog, and that is always number two, besides digestion and we talk about the mitochondria with that and and there's other reasons why fatigue and brain fog might also be the case but mm-hmm. the mitochondria is a big player that's in huge. our energy
0: yeah that's huge huge so um yeah what's interesting for me i mean we, we all um, a lot of us at least listening to this show um we're all becoming rapidly aware that you know, all disease begins in the gut, you know, gut, gut health and digestion is absolutely central to overall health. So the fact that you can see an 85% improvement, um, you know, that, that, that's pretty significant in terms of general overall health. And um, what, one, one thing um, I wanted to also just sort of circle back to, and I'm just going to make a point here just as, as emphasis, we um, you know we've been told that glyphosate is, um, is not stored in the body you know that it's water soluble that it just flushes right out mm-hmm. and you know hearing you uh, say it's, that's quite shocking for me to hear that these kids are holding on to it like that because now we're starting to see um anthony samsell and these types of folks are looking at bone they're looking at teeth they're looking at some of the deeper tissues in the body and they're finding that glyphosate is actually being stored there um, you know
1: I've heard, I've heard uh two weeks from him at one point you know that it stays in the body for about two weeks um but who knows? I mean, it, how much actually stays beyond that?
0: Well, and, and not not just that. You're also eating this every single day. Yeah. It, it's it's everywhere. It's not like you just had one meal and then you went back to eating organic. I mean, that's fine. But if if you're if this is your daily three meals a day. Plus, you live in farmland. Plus, it's in the water. Um, now, that's where you got a real big problem. Uh, and and I think bioaccumulation.
1: If it stays for every two weeks, then that means you have two weeks worth of you know. If you eat the same amount each day, means you have two weeks worth of consumption in your system. If it bioaccumulates like that, and and that's you know a devastating concept. But it doesn't act doesn't end there. I mean, I was talking to Zach Bush for an interview also with this for this ninety day program. He's got completely new information on mm. actin actin which is extremely important in the structure of our body it gets destroyed in the presence of glyphosate who knew and he explained that that is it he it destroys the structure and function of the mitochondria he can watch it under in a microscope wow it was i mean it, it's like that is devastating information not yet published um, which is you know that what we're talking about is cutting cutting off the very fundamental uh, foundations, the pillars of our health, and so if this thing gets, if glyphosate gets deposited around the body, and it it prevents the absorption of certain minerals, which means it blocks the ability for certain metabolic pathways to actually function because they require the minerals to actually. Otherwise, they they go on strike. Without yeah. those minerals, it's like okay, we're we're just sitting here waiting for our mineral to show up. He's the boss. So. Um, Without those minerals available, certain systems get shut down, uh, certain detoxification pathways can be shut down, the whole liver detoxification. One of the things that happened in the the fake gut when they put in the Roundup, an increase in ammonia in the gut. Okay, wow. Ammonia has has devastating consequences. It can be, it can end up going into the liver, which can damage the liver. All sorts of issues that can happen one after the other. And so, if you know that if in one meal you end up with two weeks of this insult in your body, plus the next day and the next day and the next meal and the next meal, then it, you know switching to organic becomes pretty important. And yes. we talked about we talked about in the film. I love this portion of this. I love this portion where. Doctors talk about, and, and also the patients and the people in the film, what happens after they've cleaned out, after their autoimmune disease is, is no longer uh, apparent, after their joint pain is gone, after their brain fog is gone, and then they backslide. They, quote, cheat. Mm-hmm. For some, it's one meal. For some, it's a weekend. For some, it's like eventually. And the, it's the backsliding that gives them the best lesson because then those symptoms start to return so i have to say the the you know this the film i cry when i see it and i've seen clips of it a thousand times people cry and people get la- there's places of laughing crying you get emotionally attached to the people that, that are there but the thing the, the thing that's the most powerful that i've seen because i've seen audiences watch it over and over again there's this kind of magical experience right at the end where everyone feels like they've discovered the truth more clearly than ever before and they need to take action that moment they need to and i ask people before the film what percentage of organic are you eating including going out to eat everywhere and i ask people raise their hands 0 to 20 20 to 40% etc so we have a footprint going into the film and then i'll say afterwards how many people have decided to make a change in their diet? Every hand goes up. I say, okay, how many people plan to be zero to 20? Now it may have been, you know, 20% or 40% of the audience before and no hands go up. Mm -hmm. 20 to 40, no hands go up. So, and then I ask, and so everyone is like really wanting to eat more organic. Then I say the question, how many people have already thought of someone that they plan to show the film to? Every hand always goes up because everyone knows someone suffering from one of the disorders that were that people were suffering from in the film That showed recovery when they switched to organic. Mm -hmm. So so to me, this is this is the potential to create an organic Tidal wave which is why we created it. I mean, I care about individual transformation Mm -hmm. but I am an activist A global activist i've spoken in 45 countries my goal here is to eliminate gmos to eliminate roundup and to to create a massive migration to organic and so i would like to make a strong appeal that people listening especially after you watch it share with with everyone you know with your level of enthusiasm say this is a must see so that to me is 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 like the gift that this film gives is that energy of needing to change Immediately, and we've heard people time and time again, they make the change and they report the benefits.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, that, that was a really great summary. Um, you know, the, I, I can say, as someone who's watched it, um, 100%, you know, the, the one thing that really stood out for me was people actually wanting to learn more about food. You know, as, as, a, as a clinical nutritionist, as someone who's trained nutritionists for 12 years it, it, professionally, um, you know, seeing those light bulbs go off, but matching that with such radical transformation in people's health, that, that that's, that's why we do what we do. And mm-hmm. to, to see people, the, those light bulbs go off on their own and then decide, hey, you know what? I want to go and study nutrition. I, I want to go and do this and actually learn about it and spend hundreds and hundreds of hours <laughs> and know, then just I watch know. what happens to your family. I mean, it's it's, it's so empowering and so crazy to, to witness. So, you know, I'm totally on board with your tidal wave. I think that, um, you know, I've, I've been, I've had so many podcasts on this type of topic, uh, speaking at a rally coming up in May here in Toronto. So that'll be March Against Bayer. Um, that, that, that's coming up. Um, so a little bit of rah, 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 but um, I think uh, it's, it's probably a good good time to just wrap it up, um, Jeffrey. You know, I think, sure. um, and uh, b- before I let you go, um, you know, what, what would you say to people? Like, because when you start talking about this topic, it can get pretty depressing pretty quickly because people just go, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. What do I do? It's expensive, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I, I just, I would love for you to sort of impart some wisdom, wisdom on us um, or with us. Uh, you know, what can people do like right out the gates to improve this whole situation?
1: You know, that is the the question of the hour, Brett, because, mm-hmm. you know, as I've traveled and given a thousand lectures around the world and a thousand interviews and whatnot, you know, in the beginning, it was like, you talk about GMOs, death, disease, despair, destruction, goodbye. You know, it's like, <laughs> I gave some hope in terms of a, of a strategy, but, um, I also wanted, you know, people wanted to make a change, but they didn't necessarily know how, the non-GMO label wasn't around, and that's now, you know, prominent. So getting getting the desire to change translated into actual change that's that's practical, affordable, can fit into your time schedule, it is the question of the hour. Mm-hmm. And so what I decided to do uh, was that I assembled a team of experts, people who have nutrition background, online education, et cetera. And I said, okay, we want to create a program that helps someone no matter where they are in the organic spectrum, whether they're completely new or whether they're a foodie, but they just haven't closed the gap. What can we give them to make it as easy as possible? How long should that program be? How much information should be delivered? What's the Mm -hmm. range of that information? And so I have spent the last uh, couple of months, well, it's actually more than that, interviewing experts, interviewing um, all sorts of people (coughs) for this 90-day transformation program. So we have, I already mentioned that I interviewed Zach Bush and Kieran Christian. Those are experts that have found products to help us detoxify, repair, and rebuild the system after its ravaging influence of GMOs and Roundup. But I also have things like you know recipes and menu planning and um, shopping lists and how to ferment, grow and sprout awesome. and t- time-saving tips and money-saving tips. I mean, we have a guy on there who who says, "Yeah, we spend a dollar sixty-three per person per meal, and it, we eat all organic." And I'm like, "Whoa!" And how did you do that? And he explains in the film. You know, uh, Kathleen says, "You can feed. I feed a family of." five for all organic meal for under 20 bucks. So I interviewed her afterwards and said, how did you do it? Mm -hmm. You know, people, uh, I ask people time-saving, money-saving, um, uh, and also within the field of organic, once you've made the transition and now you're eating organic, that gives you a base. Then it's like, okay, how how do I get nutrient dense? How do I get local? So it's more, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. ripe and it's appropriate. That's also organic. How do, you know, if you're in a meat eater, how do I do a discount? Maybe buy a cow share, whatever. There's, there's different, different choices within the organic world and there's beyond organic. And then there's where do you spend your money so that it has the maximum good. Mm-hmm. And then there's some obscure products where the people who have created them are absolute visionaries, but you've never heard of them. So people right. you know and so I've tracked them down and interview them about their products and sometimes they were inspired and I didn't know it by me because they read something by me ten years ago so they awesome. created a they created a diaper program so that the the diaper itself doesn't have glyphosate you know residues in it or they created um, some other system to test and make sure that there was no glyphosate residues in their oats which normally have a lot of glyphosate because it's sprayed just before harvest right. so So rather than answering the question, because it turns out it took me, it's going to take 13 weeks, (laughs) uh, I'll say the good news is that there are people who have done it. They have gone from A to Z and I have, as if, squeezed the best of the juices of their experience so that you don't have to spend 25 years, as my friend Davana Bell did, setting up local food hubs in four continents um, and, and understanding sustainable agriculture and being food sensitive so she becomes the canary in the coal mine and knows what affects her so she can pick and investigate what the clearest thing because she tells us she tells us which brands she uses we don't have to, you know learn all the details of fermenting uh, from scratch because we have Sandra Katz and Donna Gates and, and Karen Diggs who are fermenting masters and chefs so they tell us how to do that. We don't have to try and figure out which is a superfood and which isn't because we have David Wolf who has, I just interviewed him, amazing information. He's on his 10th book and he's got 12 and followers on his Facebook page. He's mm-hmm. got some boxy there. So what I've done is I've pulled, because I've been traveling in these circles, you know, speaking at these conferences, with these people, most of them are my friends. And mm-hmm. so I pulled together the best of the best so that people can get the answer to that question. And then I end up you know, to me, that is, that is the second half of the equation. Right now, we know how to motivate people to want to eat organic. You hit play, and then they watch the film. <laughs> and so, but the question is, how do they land the fish? How do they end up being the organic, mm-hmm. the organic eater, the organic liver, not only just the food, but also what they put on their body, the makeup, the, 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 the soaps, the cosmetic, everything. So this is, this is the question that i have had a team working on and we have been doing interviews like sometimes two or three interviews a day to put together this package so Amazing. thank you for that question i have not had a chance to speak about it until now like this you're the you're the first
0: awesome great <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it here first um no thank you so much for that um you know i uh, for for a detailed answer because um you know even before we got on to this interview i didn't know the extent of of what you were doing so that's um
1: and no one does because I haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, right. So
0: that's <laughs> awesome. Really, really cool. Um, so uh, any other um, things that you want to share with our audience before I let you get going today? Um, any, aside from the movie, um, any other websites or resources you would like for them to check out?
1: Yes, of course. That's a great question. So uh, go to your website so that you can get the link to the film. Mm-hmm. You can watch it right away. Um sign up for the newsletter at secret and gre- at, no at um, responsibletechnology.org that's our institute for responsible technology we give up to date information we give new new studies there was research that came out today that shows a, a third generation effect on rats that were whose I pregnant. Saw that, yeah, it was just horrible the, the epigenetic effects we have a, a six-part or a five-part interview with the lead attorney who won the case against monsanto in the non-hodgkin's lymphoma amazing stuff so we have we have veter- we have a petsandgmos.com website if you have a pet you know dog or cat go there uh watch what the veterinarians say it will it will change your your thinking mm-hmm. we have we've done research on which Pet foods have levels of glyphosate. So we have those available there. We have recommendations for pet food brands that have very low levels of glyphosate or non-detectable. And that information is there. Um, We have non-GMO shopping guide.com, which simply gives people, you know, which products are non-GMO project verified. Although organic is more important if you have to choose between organic because a lot of non-GMO products are being sprayed with Roundup. In fact... The highest levels are the non-GMO beans and grains because they're sprayed before harvest, and so it goes right into the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, And then we have a Facebook page. It's very active. I do a live Facebook almost every week. Um, one, we did one with uh, Oprah Winfrey's veterinarian. has 61,000 views as of today, and we bring in some notables there. So ResponsibleTechnology.org, the Institute for Responsible Technology's Facebook page, and then awesome. from, those, from there, you can probably yes.
0: travel. Okay, great. Yeah. So for those of you um, listening to this, just check out the show notes. Um, I'll throw relevant links in there. Um, Jeffrey wanted to just say thank you so much for uh, taking time out. i happy to be sort of working with you on this, getting the word out, um, helping you spread the word through your film and uh, programs and whatnot. Um, keep up the good work. Uh, truly, I, I, I would love to, you know, if I had to take a look back, um, I can only imagine what the trajectory has been like for you because I'm sure in the beginning it was crickets, you know, and now uh, <laughs> n- n- now the world is actually starting to wake up because I've sort of yeah. that as well. So that's got to feel pretty good for you.
1: Yeah, I've just been doing the same thing over and over again, interviewing scientists, translating into English, telling people about it. And in the beginning, it was like an echo chamber, like nothing happening. And all of a sudden, the world has changed. And I'm doing the same thing. And now 46% of Americans say they're seeking non-GMO food, whereas 23 years ago, what's a GMO? So right. yeah, it's actually it's actually making a, a huge difference. And I will add that the gene editing now which is so cheap and so easy to do and is completely unregulated in places like australia and ver- barely regulated in the united states and japan but not so much in you know more so in china and europe that has the potential to replace nature in this generation because everything with dna is up for grabs like a big gold rush into the genome so yeah. we, it, it is it is an urgent it is the a plus priority there's a question which is which is potentially worse um global warming or Gene editing and 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 replacing nature with this um, very dangerous leaky technology, prone to side effects, where once you release it into the environment, the gene pool becomes permanently per- permanently contaminated. So, getting this information out is critical now more than ever. And starting with this film to get people awake, and then we have more information coming. We have a focus on on these things as part of the ninety days. So yeah, it's it's not a it's not a B or a C priority. It is an A-plus priority.
0: Awesome. Well, on that note, uh, we'll sign off. Um, Thanks, everyone, for tuning into uh, this episode. And again, Jeffrey, for you taking time out. Um, If you enjoyed today's show, as always, please consider subscribing, leaving us a review. And uh, these types of episodes especially are absolutely vital to share on social media with friends with family and uh, your community so thanks for tuning in jeffrey thank you and uh, wherever you are you have yourself a beautiful day